everybody. Welcome to the Thursday edition of Winners and Winers Radio. I'm your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Reichel, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. Boom! Right there. Right on it. Nicely done, buddy. Nicely done, Thank indeed. You. Together, we make up Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. And that's what we're here to do today. Got a big show planned. Really big show, Scott. Going to talk a little NFL. Going to talk some college football. Perhaps we'll uh, throw some other surprise guests in there as well. Some other... Some other sports that we're going to be talking about. There may be some opportunity to make a little bit of money. So uh, yeah, we'll be talking about that. How did your day go? How was your how was your uh, hump day, sir? Overall, went well. Ended up, of course, having raised run line because why wouldn't I have raised run line in my pocket? Right. Also had the Braves team total over, which sure. worked out well. Shout out to Lazardo for being awful. And yeah, Yankees won. Uh, of course. I actually ended up losing a bit of money on that because I had a sprinkle live play on a Red Sox money line at 20 to one figured the Yankees have blown so many three to four run leads in the ninth inning. Maybe a 20 to one shots worth a sprinkle. Gave it a ride. Gave it a ride, bud. Yeah. Almost got the, uh, yeah, I almost had it there. Pulecki ended up almost lugging out infield single great play by Velasquez, but I almost had the go ahead run at the plate chat. I thought Chapman might struggle. He did didn't work out but overall winning day did you avoid did you resist temptation and not put down an over a live play over like 16 and a half 17 and a half in that colorado game uh i actually did not touch that game <laughs> i thought about it but i decided not to it's a pretty bad beat for we're not, it's not on the list but it might be a bad beat for people who had the over because yeah. arietta getting injured absolutely killed your draws of cashing that by like the seventh inning yeah that was brutal but it was a uh, it was and it was a weird situation because they were sitting at nine after after four and a half. And you're like, wow, this is this is definitely going over because it ended up closing at 14. Yesterday, you could have got it at 13 earlier, but it ended up pretty much across the board at 14 from what I saw. And did you look it up? Did you look up? Was it the Colorado team total seven and a half or eight and a half? It was seven and a half. I believe it was seven and a half because the line was close to a pick em. OK, yeah, it was. That's right. It was a low line. I was thinking. That's right, because it was going to be Gomber, and it wasn't. It ended up being Gonzalez, so that's that's why the line came down. That's right. That's why I was originally. I think it was going to be higher than that. So, yep. Yeah, it was. A, it was. A, it was. It was a decent day. Of course, you, you you know whatever you played on Tampa Bay, you won. If you played Tampa Bay team total, if you played the over, if you played the run line, you played alternative run line, you played the money line. Everything's cashing. Everything. They're just they're just throwing bags of money out of the dugout in the Baltimore Orioles games every night. So mm -hmm. it's a beautiful thing. Yep. All right, Scott. Well, let's talk about the people that maybe haven't had a worse beat than that under in the Colorado game, because that, that definitely should have gone over the total, but it didn't, but there was some more bad beats around Scott. And I definitely, I want to talk about a couple of these. So let's get to it. Let's talk about those people that took it in the shorts. Thought they had a winner. Oh, no, you didn't. It's time to call the cops. All right, Scott, let's start off in the major leagues. Brewers, Cardinals, if you had the under seven like we did, that was a pretty good pretty good position. It was pretty much an under game the whole way through. Cardinals led 3-2 going into the ninth inning. All you got to do is shut them out. It's the Brewers. Come on. 
Nope. Brewers tied it. Top of the ninth. You go to the bottom of the ninth, three to three. All right, Cardinals, all we need is one run. Let's walk it off. We'll take the push. Come back to fight another day. Come on. Nope. Couldn't do it. Brewers go top of the 10, put up three. Cardinals put up one in the bottom by then. Everybody lost interest. Didn't matter. Cardinals end up losing that game six to four. If you had under seven, you had a good play right up until you didn't. And you should call the cops. And the second one was in the WNBA. If you had the Seattle Storm plus two against the Liberty. Who didn't? Uh, you were, Yeah, you were in good shape. The Storm led by 15 points with 11 minutes and 24 seconds to go. And then the Liberty went on a massive run. The one thing that you couldn't afford to have happen if you were betting on the Storm. Liberty went on a 26-7 to run. That's right. The Storm scored seven points in the fourth quarter to end the game. And the Storm went from up 15 to losing by four. So if you had plus two, rip up your ticket. Oof. Oof. That's that's awful. Um, I've heard you can't stop the Storm, but apparently uh, Liberty could. Congratulations, Scott. As a as a side note, I want to mention the fact that you, for the first time, I think, since we've been... Liberty here, Biberty. That, damn it. That's yeah. right. I was going to give you props yeah. for not doing it, but mm-hmm. nope. You had to keep your streak alive. Very good. Had to do it. All right, in another pretty entertaining game, I was I was watching this game, Scott. I didn't have any, I didn't have I didn't have any action on it, and I didn't I didn't even make a late play, which I thought about doing. But if you had the Giants money line taken on the Mets, good pitchers duel. Giants led one zip, top of the ninth. Uh, Mets tied in the ninth. Giants did a good job to keep them right there, and they had an opportunity to uh, to win it in the tenth. Couldn't do that because there was no run scored in the tenth. Each team scored one run in the 11th. And then the Mets said, you know what? We got a plane to catch. That's about enough of that for us. They scored four in the top of the 12th. And that is going to be your ball game. If you had the Giants on the money line, uh, you were good. Right up until the time you weren't. You end up losing a 6-2 and you can call the cops. Yep, not really much more to add there. Uh, anytime you go to extras and the team that you are fading has no runs going to the final inning and then suddenly wakes up in the last inning, that's got to hurt even worse. Well, do you think it all had to do with the Mets owner, letting them know what was what and taking care of business? He might have been donkey of the day had they not ended up coming back and winning the game, but they saved him a little bit. Didn't didn't we make him donkey of the day or, or did we or did we just deride him unmercifully the other day? I believe he might have been donkey of the day, but then he chose to go back to Twitter. Yeah. I still hate the way he handled it. It's one thing if you want to call out your players, do it in private. Yeah. You're the owner of the team. You don't have anything better to do. I mean, who is he? Jerry Jones? Knock it off. I, I'm, I, th- I was thinking more Cuban, but same idea. Well, you know, at least Jerry Jones played football. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll give him that. Well, they, they, I know he played uh, where do you, SMU, smaller college. Arkansas. Where Ar- they played Arkansas, okay. Arkansas, Arkansas, yeah, Arkansas. Do you know? Do you know in Kansas that the name of the river is the Arkansas River? Really, I didn't know that. I, I, I'm I'm not kidding at all. Of course, I also live in the state that uh, just about a hundred miles south of me is Nevada, Missouri. Nice. So yeah, high quality. All right, Scott. Well, there was some better news out there for betters, and hopefully, this is the side that you are on. These are the nice, easy wins. No sweat at all. Get out your pillow, take a little bit of a nap if you want to, because you were sitting in the rocking chair. So, the first one was actually an afternoon game between the Cubs and the Reds, and if you bet on the Cubs for some reason, uh, you looked like a genius, because the Cubs scored one in the first, 
then ended up scoring four more in the second, led five to one after two, scored another one in the sixth, scored another one in the ninth. I didn't mention how the Reds did because they didn't score after that. And they ended up losing the game seven to one. So if you had the Cubs on the money line, never in doubt, you led the entire way and the Reds did absolutely nothing besides roll over. Reds trying to close in on that spot and yeah, not so much. Scott, if you had the Braves Marlins over seven and a half, congratulations because uh, Marlins pretty much an under team all year long, but not today. Four runs in the fourth, three runs in the fifth. You're like, oh man, we're not going to be on call the cops, are we? No, you are not. Two runs in the sixth. That's your ball game. Just for grins, they went nuts and opened the floodgate as that game ended up 11 to nine. If you had over seven and a half, you'll forget that you were even sweating that for a little while because you were sitting in the rocking chair. And the last one was between the Astros and the Royals. If you had the under nine and a half, it was pretty easy. One run going into the seventh inning. Brady Singer! Brady Singer! Then both teams scored two runs each in the seventh inning. But that's okay, because that's a total of five runs. And that's where it ended. Yep. Game ended three to two. So if you had the under nine and a half, as you were mentioning before, Brady Singer looked really good. Yeah, dealing. Dealing had a, uh, it was throwing a, a, uh, a sinker. It was just absolutely ridiculous. It was fantastic. So, all right, Scott. Well, let's, uh, <clears throat> you know, this is going to be kind of a return to donkey of the day for this team, but for, for a very different reason. We roasted them about their uniforms before, but now I believe they have slightly larger problems. Scott, let's take a look and see who's strapping on the golden feed bag today. Shall we? Who's it going to be? Who indeed is Donkey of the Day? All right, Scott. Well, you remember, was it last week when we talked about the new look uniforms? And one of those new look uniforms really stood out for us. Who was that? Remind me. It was the Cornhuskers. The Cornhuskers, that's right. The overalls on their uniform. We thought, well, that is absolutely the dumbest thing Nebraska could possibly do this season. Mm, not so much, Scott. So the NCAA announced, or actually Nebraska announced it. They tried to get in front of it a little bit, but they said that the, uh, Scott Frost and the Nebraska football team is under NCAA investigation for having unapproved practices last year during the pandemic. They had some off-campus Practice activities, that, of course, is a no-no. And at some other practices, Scott, they were using analysts. And apparently you can only have 10 coaches on the field, and the analysts are not on the approved coaches list. So it's kind of nitpicky, but then again, you have an entire department that does nothing but compliance with the NCAA. This is absolutely ridiculous rules violations. Yes, are they silly rules? Perhaps. But you knew what they were. You violated them anyway. So here's my question to you, my young friend. Most of these schools that cheat, they're usually having some success. You think of like your USC's and, and things like that. But Scott, aren't you, if you're going to break the rules, shouldn't you suck a little less? I think that's a very fair point. I'm sure that Nebraska boosters and fans would feel the same way. Where if you're going to be potentially... I don't want to say forfeiting scholarships, but maybe if you're going to be punished to some degree, you should probably have a couple of bowl wins to actually, you know, replace that or something going on there. Oh, no. Frost. Not a bowl ban for Nebraska. What, yeah, what know, will we do? 
they're not going to make it. But in general, <laughs> looking at his three years at Nebraska, four and eight, five and seven, three and five, they might need 20 analysts before they actually have a winning record. <laughs> I think the number one, they're not getting much done at those practices. And number two, maybe they need some new analysts because I don't know what they're analyzing. That's a terrible football team, Scott. And they, they get they get their quarterback. And Martinez coming back, right, for another season. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing uh, for fans. He's, because I was going to say, has he been there like, what, 12 years? He's been there for, I want to say, three or so, but he hasn't been good. I bet you Nebraska fans are rooting for Taylor Martinez to come back. You know, they would. I think they would still take Bubba Starling at this point. He's got he's got all his college eligibility left. So they might take Couch too. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, Scott, we're going to turn the tables here a little bit. This is we 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 bandy around the term degenerate every once in a while. And if you and if you're not familiar with that term, if you're new to the world of sports betting, if you're new to us, a degenerate is pretty much Scott. How would you define it? Somebody that will bet on I wouldn't say anything, but they'll bet on a lot of things that you and I normally wouldn't. It's somebody that should actually go to a meeting. Yes. Yes. A, a true degenerate is somebody that should go to a meeting. Now, we do bandy around the term a little bit when we see some of these uh, obscure bets and we and we we have a price on them and we like the bet. But I think there's a special breed, Scott. And we're going to reveal it here in the segment that we usually call the odds makers are drunk. But we're going to turn the tables a little bit because in this case, Scott, I think the sports bettors are drunk. All right. Well, as you're no doubt aware, right now the Little League World Series is going on, and it's sort of a misnomer this season because there are no teams from outside of the United States. It's going to be just teams from the USA involved in the Little League World Series, much like our regular World Series when we don't open it up to any other teams. America arrogant. Hmm, I don't know why you'd ever get that idea. Anywho, Scott, there are lines available on the Little League World Series. Now, peripherally, I was aware of this, but I'll tell you why it came up, because I saw one of the bets. And the the line, we can tell everybody, because the game will be going on during the day as you download the show, wherever you get in your market, there's a good chance this game's already over, so don't get excited. But there was actually a good play, Scott, and it was Hawaii versus UConn, the spread, was Hawaii minus how much? What was the run line on that? Five and a half runs. Five and a half runs for UConn. And you're thinking, how can that possibly be? These are all really good teams. They've made it to the World Series. But as you probably know, or maybe you don't, maybe you haven't been watching it, but this year, because it's just American teams, the top two teams from each regional get to go instead of just the winning team. So UConn was the second place team in the Mid-Atlantic or uh, I, I can't remember if they're New, the New England or if they're Mid-Atlantic, whatever the, wherever they were. They played it in Bristol, Connecticut. But anyway, they got buried by New Hampshire. Yes, they got buried by New Hampshire in the final game. I think they lost. What did I say? They lost twelve to one. Eleven one. Eleven to one. So Hawaii, they have rolled over the competition out west. I was considering making this play, Scott. I really was. I I, I considered making this play after I started doing some research, but I I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to do it. Is that is that a bridge too far betting on the Little League World Series? See, my question for you, and this is going to segue into some sportsbook aspects, because there are, there's an offshore book that has a limits 
on how much you can actually bet on some of the games. And the limit is to win at $250. So it's nothing crazy, except for the fact that if Hawaii is five and a half runs favored in this matchup, the money line's 800. Now, if you're doing the math, that means that you on an offshore book can bet $2,000 on a Little League World Series game for Hawaii to win, and that'll pay out $250 of profit. Now, I'm not sure if that's a low or a high for gambling potential in the future, but if you're betting $2,000 on Hawaii to win two fifty, to win two fifty, first of all, you're probably a genius because Hawaii is probably going to win, but that's besides the point. Over under 20 and a half people that actually have that kind of money laying on Hawaii. I uh, over. Over. Okay. But not by much. I did uh, 23, 24. I think Hawaii's gonna bury them, but at the end of the day, what's the most obscure sport that you'd ever lay that much juice on anything? That much juice? Yeah, minus eight hundred. Mm-hmm. Mine well, would probably be a draft. Yeah, a dra- draft is a good one. I mean, some of your, some of your late game. I mean, some of your in-game plays. I mean, that doesn't really count. But you can count election props if you want to, because those are basically automatic. Yeah, I would. Yeah, some of the the North Dakota to go red, New York to go blue, that kind of stuff. The, California going blue. California kind of going blue. Yeah, we've and we've talked about that. That there's. Really, and if, if you follow politics or if you follow sports, you probably know that there's just a, a very limited number of really competitive states when it comes to elections one way or the other. Pretty good money to be made there, Scott. Not a lot of surprises. Now, there was a few surprises last year, but uh, but those were actually reflected in the odds. The Ge- Georgia and Arizona and states that are normally red, the odds were much closer than uh, last year. So, yeah, that's that's probably the kind of thing. Although I will tell you, Scott, one of the biggest plays I ever made was on American Idol. Um, I had, Kelly Clarkson? No, it was the uh, Soul Patrol. Taylor, uh, remember the prematurely gray guy? Oh, I forgot what his name was. Taylor Hicks. Taylor Hicks. Okay, yes. Okay, that's right. And I had him. It was a it was a hundred point must deal where you you was that the Dane was that the uh, the Cook year? No, no, because David Cook won. He did win. Okay, yeah. never mind. No, he was. Uh, he, and yeah, Taylor Hicks ended up winning. But I had him, and then the kid that finished fourth. I had him like way early. I got him at a, a bargain price when there was like the top twelve, and I sold him at four because that's what would happen is you'd you'd hold it, and it was like a stock. You'd buy it at a certain amount, and it would either go up or down, and then you either hold it or sell. And at the end of the season, obviously, you only got two left, so you're either you got to hold on to that stock and hopefully it wins because I think he beat I think he beat McPhee. Um, and Could so be. everybody that had McPhee at whatever price, that stock became worthless mm-hmm. and on all of my, and every one of my shares went to a dollar. So that was one of the most successful sports bets I'd never made and not really a sports bet. So you, and you know, me, I did really well on the election last year, going back and forth on that. So I'm, I'm a big fan of non-sports betting. I don't know. I mean, would you feel bad if you've got Hawaii minus five and a half? They've got a seven-run lead. There's two outs in the whatever it is, the seventh inning. They bring in the kid just to get him some face time, and he gives up the two-run homer to Hawaii to win by five. Would you feel bad yelling at the kid? Would you feel like a schmo when that happens? 
Can't believe Timmy would give up that two-run ball. <laughs> right. What are you doing, Jimmy? What's the matter with you? You suck. You suck. Um, I will say this, true. Uh, I will say this, Scott. I went to see my son play softball. He plays in a rec league, and he had two strikes on the batter. Of course, they start with the strikes. The count starts at one-one, and the guy fouled one off, and I, and I yelled to him behind home plate, "Give him the heater, Ricky." <laughs> Which you just you never hear at a softball game, especially slow pitch. So, all right, goofballs. I want to remind you guys that we're getting off a little track here, but of course, you are listening to Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour. We'll give you the winners. Okay, so now you got to give us 40 minutes because we've given you nothing but entertainment right there. So um, <laughs> I just I just think the thing about I think the thing about Nebraska is just hilarious. Like Nebraska's what, what, it, who, who's gonna be next, Scott? Are the are the Jacksonville Jaguars gonna be fine for all their prowess? Houston Texans. Oh, another good one. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. So Scott, there are some teams. That are kind of uh, kind of fading here, coming as we approach the home stretch. I speak, of course, uh, the Houston Astros just dropped all three to the Kansas City Royals. Padres just dropped three to uh, Arizona, and they went one in five on their on their uh, trip to Colorado and Arizona. Jake Arrieta got hurt for the Padres. They're just a game and a half up. You know, the whole season, Scott, we're going, well, that's where your wild card teams are coming out of. They're, that's definitely, it's going to be those two teams in the West. Just, I don't know how they're going to finish, but you're going to have all three. They're going to come out of the West. They're going to, and they're going to make the playoffs. Now, all of a sudden, they're a game and a half up on Cincinnati. Of course, Cincinnati, they're spinning around in circles, shooting themselves in the foot. But is this just a glitch for San Diego with Arietta hurt? I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, like you were saying earlier, but... Are they going to recover, or is it a good time? Is there any is there any value on uh, getting a future on Cincinnati? You got uh, the St. Louis Cardinals four and a half back. Any of those teams down the line you you think are poised to to whip that horse coming down the home stretch and make a run, Scott? For me, no. I, I was kind of hoping Cincinnati would make it closer because of the fact that San Diego went one and six out of the last seven against Arizona and Colorado, which is laughably bad. But Cincinnati losing two out of three to the Cubs. Are you, are you serious? It's not good. They're nope. trying to hand it to you. The Cubs were one in 14 in August. How do you lose two in a row? Not a good look. Not a good look at all. So, yeah, just to, just a review. Like I said, we've got the Reds game and a half back, Cardinals four back, Phillies four and a half, Mets five and a half, and that's pretty much your ball game right there. Any of those teams have a shot if they don't win the division. Obviously, the Phillies are still involved in the division, as are the Mets. Uh, the Reds think they're involved in the division. They're not really. There's but. only one team I'm somewhat tempted by for a little bit of voodoo magic. Mm, go on. And it's the Cardinals. Okay. It's it's voodoo magic. I mean, come on. You, you always got to talk about the Cardinals being in serious contention in late August, early September. It seems to be what they always do. They find a way to randomly be in the mix. Right. And the Reds are a team that, don't get me wrong, I like the offense, even though it struggled against Chicago over the last couple of games. I can't get over that bullpen, which is also kind of hypocritical because I, I don't like Reyes at all as a closer for St. Louis. He's fallen apart over the last month. But am I wrong to say that the X factor for the Cardinals is J.A. Happ? Because he's actually been really good for them for some reason. I don't really know why he's been good for them. Well, I mean, let's... Okay, how many... Is it, what, did he make two good starts? I think so. 
Okay. Uh, can we pump the brakes on J.A. Hapless here just a little bit? No, realistically, it's mostly the return of Flaherty. But if you want to talk about the actual rotation, somewhat returning to form, Lester, I'm not a fan of at all, but he was good in his last outing. Hap's been good. Flaherty's been really good since he came back. But as a whole, St. Louis is a team that I think are, is still fundamentally sound. They're good defensively. If they find a way to actually score runs, I trust them more than the Reds because that Reds bullpen is built to self-destruct in pretty important games in September. Yeah, Jay Happ. I don't know, Scott. Maybe he's one of those guys. You know, every once in a while you see it. They come, they come to it, they come to a team, and the pitching coach there, for whatever reason, they've spotted something. They go, look, dude, all you gotta do is do this and you'll be fine. Jay Happ's made three starts with the Cardinals. He has given up three earned runs in 16 and two-thirds innings. That's a nice ERA of 1.62. And he has a whip of 0.975. So that is substantially better than the mark that he had before the trade. Any guess what his ERA was before the trade, Scott? Uh, 6.8. That's really good. 6.77 was his ERA before the trade, after uh, 19 starts. that is. So if I was going to pick a long shot, I'd go with the Cardinals. I think the Padres will hold on in the end, but I think St. Louis, you can dance at a pretty plus price and maybe have a shot at it. Okay. You? I don't hate that. I, I don't hate that. I'm, and I'm with you because, you know, of course, there are, there are in-state rivals here, and there's been a lot of seasons where I've roasted some of my buddies from St. Louis, and, oh, look, you got the same record as the Royals, and I guess you're not going to the playoffs either. And then all of a sudden, a month later, they went on this, you know, like you said, they go they go 20-9 and nine or, you know, to 20, 21-7 or something, and all of a sudden, eh, look who snuck into the playoffs. It's the Cardinals. So I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Uh, Cincinnati, I mean, all those teams in the Central are flawed. Uh, the Brewers, they're starting to score a few more runs, but they're not a very powerful offensive team. You know, you you could. There, I think there's. I think there's worse plays. And by the way, can I just say real quick here, what is a pitcher with a six seven seven doing in the rotation after nineteen starts? Can can you tell me that? What what where what is happening, Scott? Isn't that what you kids like to say? What is happening? Is that a pun because his name is Jay Happ? Or oh no, no, it actually going, wasn't. I'm, are you talking about why Arietta was? Pitching? I'm even more clever than I know myself. That's hard to believe, but no, I'm talking about Jay Happ. I'm talking about Arietta. Some of these guys that you know, you, you have a bad month, even a bad start. Weather heats up, you get bad, whatever. But after 19, 20 starts, your ERA is six plus. What are we doing? What you don't we- like the idea of acquiring a pitcher and throwing him into Coors Field. No, that, that. I, I can't believe that went poorly. By the way, I'm looking it up. Cardinals to make the playoffs on DraftKings nine to one. That's solid. At four four games back, I'd have to I'd have to take a deep dive into everybody's schedule. Yep. But I uh, and I would have done that if I'd have known this was going to go this way. But no, I I would just um, now let's talk about the American League. So so we like the Cardinals over there. Let's talk about your Yankees, buddy. They are they are flat out making a run. So for starters. Do they have a shot to win the division? I mean, I know they had the shot, but are they going to do it? No, I, I think Tampa's won the division. Okay, they're 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 five back with about forty games left, so could be done, but it's it's going to take it's going to take an effort. But for the first time in a long time, they uh, have a little better record than the Boston Red Sox, Scott. And I know there's a lot of people in New York that are thrilled about that because Yankees fans, not a lot of crossover there with Red Sox fans, is there? Uh, no. 
So, right now, uh, obviously Tampa Bay is in the lead in that division. The Yankees are currently have the number one wild card spot, Scott. They are game up on the Athletics and the Sacks. Three on Seattle, four on Toronto, and then we're down to a wish and a prayer with the Angels at seven and a half, etc. So, we did it in the National League. We'll do it in the American League. First of all, you got three teams within a game of each other. Who's the odd man out there between the Yankees, Athletics, and Red Sox? Or are there two odd men out as Seattle or Toronto makes a run? Uh, Seattle, no. Toronto, no. Oh, you can't lose two straight to Washington and expect to actually make the playoffs. So, no, I'm not buying Toronto there. I think it's really tough because I think it's either Oakland or Boston missing out. That injury to Bassett is so brutal for that team, not just because of the actual injury itself, which, of course, is a terrifying situation where you have a line drive going right back to the pitcher. But Bassett was so good for that team all year long. We already mentioned the fact that Loriano got suspended and now he's out and he's going to be out for the rest of the year. And that's a problem in itself. Having said that though, Oakland is still hanging around in the division because Houston fell apart against Kansas city. So Oakland might have a shot to win the division, but the odd team out, I'm going to go with Boston at the end of the day. They were a team that was overachieving from the get-go and we were expecting some regression. It's a matter of the fact that with Barnes falling apart, they don't really have a bullpen. Not to mention the fact that the rotation, besides for five innings of Chris Sale and the occasional good Eduardo Rodriguez start, they don't really have a good rotation either. Right. So I don't really trust this team. And I think Oakland, you can argue it's smoke and mirrors, but it's kind of like the Cardinals where – they're always in the picture. You're not really sure why, but they're always there. So I'm going to go with Boston missing out. That team, I think, peaked early, and it seems like they're falling apart. You? Yeah, I'm I'm with you on Oakland. I, I want to know how long Bassett's going to be out. I'm assuming the worst. You think the rest of the season? Uh, it's bad. I mean, he's got fractures in his face. Like, yeah. he's going to be out for a while. You know, and I, I finally remembered the pitcher we were talking about yesterday with Tampa Bay, it's Alex Cobb. Yes. Okay. One that took it took it right in the face against Hosmer. That's I, I thought he was dead, Scott. I mean, I, I thought that was horrible. I was watching that live. That was not good. I mean, on TV, it was in Tampa Bay. When you hear the word facial fractures for a pitcher, I also wonder how much of that's going to be mental in order for him to come back. Because can you really just return to the mound after getting clobbered like that and yep. just throw like nothing happened? Great question. That's a yeah. Great question. All right, we're going to talk about the MVP on the other side of the break. Stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. So, Scott, last time we were out in Vegas, every time we were trying to have a nice meal, what is the number one question you kept hearing whenever we were at dinner? Are you going to finish that? What? Appetizers, entrees, sides. You're always asking if I was going to finish what I was eating. Okay. Hey, in my defense, you eat slower than a turtle on Xanax, but... Okay, let me make the question a little easier. What's the number one question you would get from people when you tell them you work for Winners and Winers? What's Winners and Winers? Exactly. So what do you tell them? I tell them that it is the place to go for your sports betting needs. They have breakdowns on every single game in a variety of sports, basketball, football, college football. We know that's coming up. It's been really a great opportunity to just get better at sports betting, and they give you all the opinions that you need. Yeah, see, and the thing I like about it is the fact that they don't just inundate you with numbers that have no context. You know, you go to some places and they just throw numbers, 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 but they don't tell you what they mean and you just kind of your eyes glaze over. But these guys, 
not only do they use those same numbers and put them in context, but they're fantastic writers. They're great handicappers. You mentioned college football coming up. That's my favorite time to use winners and winners because they do every FBS game every single week. It is a fantastic site. Scott, what's the best part about winners and winners? It's absolutely free to use. That's right. It is absolutely free to use. Winnersandwinners.com. You absolutely have to check it out. You need to make this site part of your daily handicapping regimen. If you are not doing it, you are absolutely leaving money on the table. So, see? That wasn't that hard at all, right? Sure. You're still getting none of my fries. What? I, I didn't I didn't say a word. I saw you looking at them. Seriously, dude. It's It's been like an hour. If you're not going to eat them... Oh, man. That's brutal. All right, fine. Seriously, though. Winnersandwiners.com. Go there or be square. Guys, welcome back to the second half of Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. Scott, let's talk about the MVP winner, shall we? Is it already over? Is it done? Is it is it finito, my friend? Shohei Otani. You can still get him at minus a thousand. Normally you and I would laugh, laugh, laugh about laying a thousand on anything. Scott, is that a good value play with Shohei Otani? I'd rather bet on Hawaii Little League. It's a lock, I'm telling you. It's a lock. Yeah, but looking at the actual lines here, I thought that minus 300 was a steal at the All-Star break. Right. And I told you that because I just didn't see how he was going to end up losing if he stayed healthy. It sounds nuts, but the media is all over Otani for good reason. He's been phenomenal on the mound. He is, He's leading the league in home runs. Hit his 40th yesterday. I don't know how he loses. Injury. You might, you might reach a situation where Otani could hypothetically get injured mid-September or even early September. Yes. And he still might win running away because Vladimir Guerrero Jr. needed to have a phenomenal, not just an ordinary, but like a Joey Votto second half type of performance where he's batting like 380 and he has like 15 home runs in the second half and whatever. And I don't want to say that he's done nothing. Maybe it's just media representation and the lack thereof of Toronto. I haven't heard Vlad Jr.'s name in mainstream highlights in, like, what, three to four weeks? Oh, are you watching the CPC highlights at 11? I'm just saying, and nobody talks about him. I know, no. The he's... media will go out of its way to talk about Otani. You're right. He's been he's been quiet. Yeah. And, you know, even even Jack Morris wanted to talk about Otani. So. Yes, he did. You want to, you want to give yourself the props there on your minus 5,000 play? Minus 5,000 suspension. Yeah. Cash in less than 24 hours. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, and I agreed with you. I thought the suspension would be uh, oh, less than a week. I thought like three to five games, something like that. But still might be. It's it could be. It's indefinite could. right now. So maybe they're just saying it indefinite until the, the storm blows over. I don't know. But I think it's good value. I think, I think September 7th is the drop dead date. If he's not injured by September 7th, he's good to go. What odds do you think this should be? Because I know minus 1,000 will scare people. Yeah. This has the feelings of, like, minus 3,000 or higher. If you could guarantee he'd be healthy, it would be 3,000 or higher. The yeah. only the only thing you're betting you're betting on right now, if you're fading Otani, is an injury. And even if he gets injured, Vlad would need to have a r- ridiculous 
final month and Toronto maybe to even make the playoffs and yep. for them to have a shot to win this. Yep. Thing. Agreed. All right. So let's talk a little hockey, Scott. Arizona Coyotes are having a, is it Coyotes or Coyotes? What do you say? Coyotes. Coyotes. Okay. All right. That's what I say too, but I've heard Coyotes as well. Are you wolf or woof? Uh, you mean what sound? Are you talking about the animal or what sound does like a does an animal make? No, <laughs> no. What what's the what what is the name of the animal? Wolf. Okay, very good. You, people you, say the timber wolves. Yes, uh, you know you know Scott. I always made fun of people that said wolf, and then I was watching American Pictures, and he introduced himself as Hi, I'm Mike Wolf, and I'm like, okay, I give. I'm I'm done fighting that battle. Fair uh, enough. I'll you, die on that hill. Do you do you know the dog? Do you know the dog joke? Guy walks into a bar, says, uh, I got a talking dog here. Can I get a free drink? I says, yeah, here's I, your, he says, yeah, let me hear your dog talk. He says, all right, uh, what's up, what's on the outside of a tree? Oh, yeah, you, t- you told me this. Did I tell you this one? Yeah, yeah you told yeah. me this one. Did I tell everybody else? He says, he says bark. If you want to. It's, uh, I'm gonna, I'm, yeah. I've started it now. You can't joke us, interrupt this. Okay. He says, bark, bark. And I guess, yeah, that's, that's not all the impressive. He says, what's, what's, on top, what's on top of the ceiling? What's on top of the building? Roof, roof. He says, come on, get out of here. He says, all right, all right, try this one. He says, who's the greatest baseball player of all time? He says, Ruth, Ruth. Bartender boots them both out, kicks them to the curb. They get up there, the guy's brushing himself off. He turns to the dog, dog says, you think I should have said DiMaggio? Anyway, that's my joke for the day. Very good. It's, it's a Yankee for you. Yeah. So they're doing it. The Arizona Coyotes, sorry. Speaking off, off, off on a tangent. Doing a September tournament, six teams. The only players that are allowed to participate are the top prospects from each team. You like it? Is this a smart idea, Scott? Is it a uh, is it a is it a grab for a little more a little more money? You put that on TV, you make some make a little extra cash, get some extra people coming into your games. What's going on here? I know you're the hockey guy. You got your you got your uh, you got your nose to the ground of what's going on in the NHL. Tell me about this. Oh, like the idea in principle. I think it's a good way to give your young guys reps while also introducing them to the fan base because I'm sure a lot of people know that hockey players usually take a year or two before coming up. It's not as bad as Major League Baseball, where you're in the minors for who knows how long. But the issue that you have with a lot of hockey players is the fact that you rotate some guys in and out, but a lot of the young prospects, they play either internationally in the meantime or in maybe a minor league or two, where you don't really keep track of how many prospects are truly in the system. And I think that introducing some of the new guys to the fan base would have some positives. Now, the issue that I have is that you have a decent amount of teams in your division competing against you, and it is hockey, which is a pretty physical sport. Are we sure these guys are not going to try to kill each other? No, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure of anything like that. I, that's why, you know, I'm really, I'm really torn on it um, because what happens if there's an injury? I mean, I mean, obviously, the guy's injured. I mean, I, that's not my uh, my question is, but do they reevaluate it? If you lose, does everybody play? Does your number one draft pick play? Does your superstar in waiting play? Does everybody is everybody participating? What are we What are we doing? Is it just guys trying to make the club at some point? I mean, are, is, I'm assuming this is like an NBA summer league philosophy where you're just throwing in as many prospects as you can okay. just to see what sticks, and then worst case is. You can pull random guys for random games, use some for other games, and I'm sure they'll rotate it in. I'm just not sure, unless there's some monetary reward, how you're supposed to encourage your team to fully try and not decapitate the opposition. Right. There's got to be some peace, like some treaty agreed upon by both teams, which is this: these games don't matter, 
let's not ruin the development of our up and coming prospects. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be the, the the certainly the plus side of that. So you know, I don't know how much traction this is going to get. I mean, it, it, I like it. The summer league doesn't do much in the NBA, right? I mean they they don't they don't have the big TV contract. They don't get a lot of viewership. I mean, don't you think people suffer a little bit from NBA burnout, especially this year? You know, we just we just ended the season in the the what third week in July. And Definitely true. Summer but I league, think come, you on, make- come on. It's true, but I think you can make the argument, though, that it's more about team development and player development and how you can still have some fans, especially with the NHL. And I'm just, I think we would agree the NHL doesn't make nearly as much money as some of the other major sports in America, especially. So right. I'm OK with it. I like the idea. I'm still kind of wondering how the injury risk is going to play a factor and stuff like that. But. When it comes to the NHL, I'm fine with some teams trying to reinvent the wheel because the NHL's fallen so far behind in ratings and all that stuff. I think any type of creative idea is definitely worth hearing out. Yeah, and I don't know if it's going to catch on. I mean, obviously the NBA has their summer league. They do it. The NFL, well, they used to have game four of the preseason where you'd have all the guys that you, nobody would heard of that were trying to you know make that 50th, 51st spot on the roster. So I don't know, and you know everybody hates that game. So I don't know how much traction. I think it'd be fun to watch in the NFL, but again, then you've got serious injury concerns there. I, so. I like it with baseball if you would merge some Triple A players with Double A players and just throw them out there. I'm yeah, okay with an exhibition game or two. That'd be kind of fun, like the like the futures game sort of thing. Yeah, just except you just do it more than once every year. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm all right with that. Well, yeah. Anything anything to give us more sports to gamble on. I'm in favor of it. Well, all right, my friend. We promised that we'd take a look at a couple of conferences here, and we have yacked on, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take most of the blame for that because I don't recall you telling any jokes, but <laughs> we are gonna take a look first. Oh, uh, where do you want to start, buddy? Uh let's start off with the Mountain West. Okay. All right. Let's start off with the Mountain West, shall we? Last year's champion, of course. Who was it, Scott? It was the Spartans. Yeah, that's right. The Spartans of San Jose State. Very good team. Usually the powerhouse there is Boise State, and they could not get past the Spartans. So uh, this is another one that's... What do you what do you call this? Is it pretty... Chalky? Yeah. You've, you've got a lot of teams. You've got a couple at the top, and you don't have a lot of real serious bottom feeders. I mean, there's a couple... There's one. There's one that's really, really bad. There is, and I know you're gonna. I know you're gonna get to that. But first of all, let's talk um, a little bit about the odds. The favorite there is in, in a move that should surprise nobody. A serious favorite is Boise State minus one thirty. Everybody else got four fifty or more. So my question to you. Is there any value on this Boise State team? That I mean, it, it, minus one thirty. They're bringing back um, twenty. A lot of people. Yeah, they're they're bringing back seventeen players. They're bringing back um, nine on offense and eight on defense. So a lot of the skill position guys are going to be back. Not their head coach though. Not their head coach. Where'd he head to? He ended up going to uh all. Did he go to Auburn? No, he didn't go to Auburn. Okay. All right, it's, it's all right, buddy. I was, Sorry, I, I'm drawing. I'm drawing a blank on where he went. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, was it Auburn? Now, okay. Now that I'm, uh, I think it was Auburn. Okay, man. 
not okay. Now I have to look that up. But yeah, they're bringing in they're bringing in uh, Andy Avalos from uh, who was the DC. It at, was Auburn. I was right. Okay, very good. Uh, he was the DC at at Oregon. He's going to now be the head coach. What do you What do you like? You like this Boise State defense because you know I didn't think they were great. They gave up over twenty seven points per game last year, five point three yards per play. Mm, not great, but and they have got. They've got a bit of a tough schedule, Scott. They've um, they're playing uh, Oklahoma State. They're playing UCF. Mm, you take a flyer on the on the uh, on San Jose State there. Well, I mean the games that you mentioned there for Boise were out of conference, so it's definitely a, a tough out of conference schedule. No, but... I was more looking more win total and things like that as far as the conference goes. Yeah, I did. I did kind of meld those two points together that really didn't need to be melded. You're right. Yeah, quickly looking through Boise, the defense wasn't great last year, but hiring a defensive coach should help. So I definitely think that's a good way to address the defensive concerns that you have. I still like Bachmeyer as the coach, as the uh, quarterback, either him or Sears. But I'm guessing that you're going to end up using Bachmeyer, and I still think the offense should be very good. Do I think they're going to win the conference? Yes. Do I think there's value? I found plus one ten on Vanduul. I'm not, I'm not touching it. I think that's a joke if you want to lay even money with Boise. But the value that I found was actually on San Jose State. I know San Jose State is around plus 450 on most books. Having said that, I shopped around and found 8-1 to one on FanDuel on San Jose State. Good gravy. I have to like that. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I have to like that, so... Yeah, that's that's solid, that's solid value right there. And, you know, another team that I like, and I'm a, I'm a sucker for defense, and this is a... It's a hard team to hard team to watch. It's San Diego State. Um, it's Can they throw? What's that? Can they throw? Well, <laughs> nobody's perfect, Scott. But this is a uh, they've won ten games, at least ten games for the last six seasons. Um, they just they didn't do they had kind of a down year last year. They beat some real dogs. They just beat UNLV, Utah State, Hawaii, and Colorado State. Um, and those were some three, three of those were awful teams. So I don't, I don't hate them. If you, if you want to take a flyer, I've, I've got them at, I've got them at 10 to one. Do you have a better price on, on San Diego state? Uh, I can look briefly, but I can't say that they were ever on my radar for a sleeper. Okay. I really didn't like any sleepers. I guess one question that I do have for you before I actually talk about why I like San Jose state, I didn't include Nevada on my list because I just don't see them winning the conference. Okay. Do you have any thoughts on Nevada? I, I like it. We've got Vegas is there. Reno's a nice city and that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think they're good enough to win the title, but they might be good enough to make it to the conference title game. They've, they've got, I, I like to watch that offense because when they, when they roll, when that offense gets going, I like them. I, I like, I think they're too one dimensional though. They never, they can't run the ball. That's well. And that's, that's certainly the problem. That's, you know they've got they've got a lot of guys back. They've got tw- they've got twenty starters back. They've got they've got Carson Strong. Um, I don't know best quarterback in the big in the in the Mountain West. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's the case. You can make an argument maybe Bachmeyer, but I'd probably agree with you on that. By the way, I see San Diego State at around ten to one on okay. DraftKings. All right, so yeah, I like that. Um, I, I don't I don't hate Nevada. It'll be it'll be kind of interesting to see because they've got. They've got an interesting non-con schedule. They've got California, Idaho State, and Kansas State, so we should know a lot about them before they kick off against Boise State. And that's going that, to, if if we haven't learned enough about them in the first three games, we're going to learn about it on uh, October the second as they take on Boise State. So 
All right, let's get official here, Scott. Who's your official play? I'm going San Jose State plus 800. That's your that's your official play? Yeah, I think the value is great. Starkle's back. They somehow got the head coach back. A lot of guys back. I like that team. Okay, I'll take I'll take the I'll take the chalk. I'll I'll take Boise State to take care of business as my long shot. I'll take San Diego State. Give me give me the give me those give me that 1950s style of football grind in and out and play in defense. Cool. And, and I'll go very very quickly on my favorite win total. I like UNLV under one and a half wins at minus one ten on BetMGM. Owen six last year. Each loss was by at least thirteen points. They are potentially favored in one game, but potentially decent underdogs to Eastern Washington. So they might be favored in no games. I think they're going to lose to Eastern Washington. This team might not win a game. I'm going with under one net. Yeah, it looks like they're going to. Yeah, they're going to be dogs to Eastern Washington, and that's a home game for them. By the way, they're not even playing on the red carpet. Eastern Washington FCS school, by the way. Is that the is that the hardest place to watch a game? Eastern Washington or 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 Eastern Michigan, which is which is your choice? Uh I'd I'd probably go Washington. It's okay. really bright red. Yeah, it really is. And by the way, guys, you are listening to Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour, we'll give you the winners. Scott, I'm going to go with New Mexico. I'm going to go under uh, for their win total of four and a half. I just don't see the wins they've got. They've got New Mexico State and they've got Houston Baptist on there. They've got an improved UTEP team and Utah State. And they've got UNLV. They have to win every single one of those games to get to five. And I think they drop at least one of those games. And I don't see them winning one of their other ones. So I'll take under four and a half wins for for um, for New Mexico, for the Lobos. Yep, sounds good to me. All right, Scott, let's take a look at the fun belt here. We've got a, a few minutes to do this. And by the way, guys, if you're wondering if we're going to get to baseball, we don't have a ton of baseball today. There are just four night games, so we are going to touch on them real fast, but we are going to get uh, to the uh, Sun Belt. Uh, two teams, Scott, is really what this comes down to. It all comes down to uh, Louisiana Monroe. and No, that's not right. It comes down to Lafayette, and it comes down, of course, to Coastal Carolina. Who you got? Either one of them? You got somebody else? You got App State? No, I'm taking Coastal. Okay. Uh, At the end of the day, they bring back 19 to 22 starters. Chadwell's still the coach. And McCall, we would agree, is the best quarterback in the conference by far. Love him. Love you, Lewis. Does come back for Lafayette. I think he's good. But they lost their two best running backs. And I am a little bit concerned that Lafayette, every now and then at the end of the year, seems to have a bit of a dud. Coastal, I just think, is all the momentum. And I think they're really good. I like the value at plus two twenty. Okay, yeah, I think I think they're solid. Coastal is also, by the way, they are my pick to win this conference. I love this team, and I uh, will also take them over ten wins because I I think they've got a uh, uh, they've got a pretty easy uh, non con schedule. They've got the Citadel. They've got KU. At Buffalo is tricky. At Buffalo, well, that's yeah, that's that's going to be a tricky one. And then they've got UMass, so they've got three automatic wins there. Um, everything else really should go their way. Like I said, the Buffalo Buffalo that's going to be a good game. That's going to be a good game. That's the uh, the, the middle of, middle of September there, September the eighteenth. So that should, that should be a fun game. But I've got them with uh, pretty much running the table after that. I think they I think they uh, they don't have. Lafayette on their schedule until the conference championship game. So you give me you give me two extra games to get it done. You give me a conference championship game and you give me a bowl game. Yep, we're going over 10 with Coastal Carolina. Love Grayson McCall. 
love him. Who you got your who you got your for a wild card there? Who's you, who you got for a dark horse? I don't really have a dark horse because this conference stinks at the bottom, but Appalachian at around four to one, I think, is a dark horse technically. Do I have faith in Bryce as the quarterback? No, but if he can look somewhat competent, maybe Appalachian can return to former glory. I don't really see it. I agree with you. I think it's between Lafayette and Coastal, and I'll take Coastal. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I just don't see anybody else anybody else sneaking in there. I, I like some of these other teams. I, I like Georgia State. I'm not a Troy guy. I've, I've always thought Troy got a little more heat on them than they deserved. I've just never been a Troy guy. And if I, if I wanted to take a wild flyer, Scott, I might take Arkansas State. Again, it's they're they're kind of the they're kind of the anti San Diego State where they don't play defense. All they do is throw the ball. Mm-hmm. They're a fun team to watch, but it, it will eventually jump up to bite you. But if you take a long shot, that that would be it. So, all right, my friend. Well, let's take a quick look. Like we said, we mentioned that we only have four um, nighttime baseball games. Of course, um, the good news is Scott, we can get to all of them, right? You skip the win totals. What's that? You oh, skip the win totals. Skip the win totals? Oh, yeah. Who do you like? Who do, what do you got? Uh, I got you. Oh, I know you want to share this one. Yeah. I got you, Monroe, under one and a half wins at plus 125 in Bet MGM. There you go. Team went, oh, team went 0 and 10 last year, lost nine games by 18 points. Uh, this team's just going to be terrible. <laughs> There's really no other way to put it. But the it. weird thing is, Scott, is they've got some coaching talent down there. Uh, they got Terry Bowden and Rich Rodriguez. Rich Rod is Rich the Rod. offensive coordinator. Yeah. But they're going to be favored against Jackson State. I'm not sure if they're going to win against Jackson State. They're huge. They're huge favorites. They are. I don't trust the amount that they're favored by, but they're well. It's a look ahead line, but it's it's currently sits at minus 24. Let me tell you something right now. If you're laying 24 points with Louisiana Monroe, seriously, it is time for a meeting. I usually say it jokingly. I'm I'm not joking. Don't do that. Do you think Monroe wins one conference game? No, I no. agree. So I, got I think under. I think South Alabama is going to be much better. You're giving me plus one twenty five. I have to take the. Under. I, I don't know where it comes. I, I I don't know where I don't I don't know where that where it would be. Yeah, I, I think agree. I think at the end of the day, once you get past once you get past that uh, South Alabama game, I think they're going to be double digit dogs in every other game they play. If they lose to Jackson State somehow, you can pop the champagne in week one. Absolutely, absolutely, it's over because they're not they're not winning two conference games. No question about that. All right, buddy. Let's take a look at baseball real quick, shall we? Yep. And you know what? Give me <laughs> give me your favorite play. What, what's your favorite night play? So looking at the overall card, uh, I'm looking at the Yankees. I know that they're laying a pretty decent price on the run line. This team's been rolling. Uh, Minnesota's been pretty good lately, but this Yankees team is really clicking. And you got a bullpen date potentially for Minnesota against Tyone has been really good. I like the Yankees on the run line. Yep, I think I think that's a I think that's a very solid play, as well as uh, as for me, I'm going to uh, I will play the over in the Milwaukee St. Louis game. Okay. I think that I I think that Milwaukee gets it going against Jayless, and uh, you know maybe the. St. Louis can strike for a couple of runs late against the uh, against the bullpen, so I'll take I'll take the over in that one. So, all right, Scott. Well, let's get to it, shall we? We've come this we've come this far. 
We've talked about baseball. We've talked about college football. We've talked about the Little League World Series. We've talked about hockey. We've got just one thing left, Scott, and that is to share with everybody our best play of the day. This is the one that we have come up with. From all the others, this is our favorite. Guys, put on that straw hat, climb up on your John Deere, and fire that baby up, because it's time for Bet the Farm. All right, Scott, it's me, right? Yep, it's you. All right, we're taking a look in the NFL. That's right, baby, it's preseason, it's Thursday. Bump, 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 that's right. Hopefully we won't get dinged for that. We're going to take the Patriots on the money line, Scott. That's minus 120. Why lay the points when you don't have to? No reason at all. Better value just taking the money line. Patriots, pretty good preseason team. Belichick, you always hear him lump together with all those coaches that don't care about preseason. And what it really means is he doesn't win quite as often in the preseason as he does in the regular season. Still better than 500 coach um, ATS and straight up in the preseason. And they won their first game by nine points. They've got an actual quarterback battle going there. Eagles, they played horrible football. Scott, we were looking at the stat line of that. We couldn't figure it out how they did it. They held the wall for 18 minutes, folks. 18 minutes. I don't even know how you do that. They only punted four times and had two turnovers. Hold the ball 18 minutes. It's damn mystery. They lost their first game by eight points. They went 0-8. 0-8, Scott, on third down in the first game. Lost the first down battle by 28 to 10. They lost it by 18 first downs. Like you said, Mac Jones and Cam Newton got a little thing going on. Of course, you know, it's all Cam Newton as far as the public statements goes. Mac Jones having a pretty good camp. It'll be interesting to see what he does. And of course, in the fourth quarter, Scott, we're going to see Brian Hoyer for the New England Patriots against Nick Mullins. Nicky for the Eagles. Never been a Mullins guy. Uh, when you're faced with two bad choices, pick the one that's least bad. That's Brian Hoyer's. And finally, Patriots, bit of a preseason role lately. They have won seven of their last nine preseason games. I think they take care of business. Uno mas times here, Scott. I think they will defeat the Philadelphia Eagles. And that is going to be our Bet the Farm play. Thoughts? Yep, Eagles with a brand new head coach clearly have a lot of work to do because they looked lost offensively in the first game. And New England defensively looked really good against Washington. I expect Philly's offense to struggle, and I expect New England's quarterbacks to look a lot better than Philly's quarterbacks in this spot. I agree. I I, to, I completely agree. And, and are you of the camp that you should kind of take it easy in the preseason, or do you look for an advantage, feel you have an advantage – and pounce accordingly. I'm more of the latter. Okay. I like to try to take a shot if I actually like the value on it a lot. Of course, I'm sure people took it lightly until they saw the trend with unders in the preseason week one. And now suddenly people feel dumb for roasting preseason betters who made a ton of money in the first week of the season. I got you. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Winners and Winers Radio. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you watching. If you're on the YouTube, downloading us on your favorite podcast network be that Anchor or Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever. We're everywhere. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the show, guys. Appreciate it. Wish you nothing but the best today on all of your plays. And we'll see you tomorrow on Winners and Winers Radio. Take care, everybody.